My name's Rad, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Hey folks, and welcome back to Transformers Tuesdays, the fan hole spinoff show where we talk Transformers every time, all the time. Uh, this is Mike, uh, I'll be your host this episode, and who is with me tonight? I am with you tonight. It is Excellent. I, Derek. Excellent, excellent. My citizen, Derek. Yes. But, uh, well, anyway, tonight we are going to be talking about Season 3 of Transformers Cyberverse, or more specifically, Transformers Cyberverse Bumblebee Cyberverse Adventures. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the show got uh, re, rebranded again. That's um, that's that's not a mouthful. Should we yeah. can can we before you get into the nitty gritty? Can we can we talk about that for a minute? Yeah, it like, doesn't like, make a lot of sense. That, I mean, I mean, yeah, th- this is one of those things where it's like we're calling the show Star Trek Discovery. Do you discover anything? No, you know, like that that that's one of those things where I'm like, is this actually about Bumblebee's adventures? And I, I think for the majority of this season, it's not. So I feel like it's this weird marketing stamp that they put on it for whatever reason. But it yeah, doesn't like doesn't really to, apply to tie into what like the bumblebee movie that was out last year like I don't, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's like this weird delayed corporate synergy or something that that doesn't make sense because i mean i have to be honest uh you know i guess to bury the lead i'm pleased as punch with this season like i'm actually glad it wasn't the adventures of bumblebee every episode so so i'm super happy with it i i just wanted to point out that if if you have any reservations because you're like oh this sounds like a mouthful of uh, a transformer show that's all about bumblebee i think i'll pass like that's that's not what this is so don't don't be fooled by the the mislabeling of the the series name that's not what the show is entirely about it's more it's more like you know like 80% 80% of the season is like hot rod adventures and Yay. then like the last yeah the last quarter is like bumblebee adventures. Yeah, but... there's there's some bumblebee adventures. I mean, occasionally they're like especially uh, you know once they get out of the major arc like there's 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 a few things and 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 he makes some some showings in the uh I guess what the 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 post Berlin Wall hey, yeah. era of Cybertron like like bumblebee makes some good showings in that but but well, it's should, not maybe, yeah. maybe it's like the title should have been like you know bumblebee adventures windblade quest or something mm, mm. yeah 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 that makes sense and and that 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 was yeah i mean i mean maybe they could have rebranded it at that point and it would have made sense you know well before we get into it any further i should say like spoilers because uh, as of this recording, like season three hasn't like has barely even started airing in the U.S., but through dubious means, we have watched the entire season because it aired like in the U.K. I think it aired in Australia already, and it like it aired in a like few other places like across the globe. So, and uh, like, you know, 
I'm like, what you talking about, Willis? Who are you calling dubious? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Alternate means you, you can <laughs> you can watch this whole season like if you if you're smart and you know where to look. So yeah, I think I think as of this recording, only three episodes have been released in the U.S. and like they're doing a weekly thing. Whereas I think like the UK like burped out like eight episodes at a time like yeah, every day or yeah, something. Yeah. Like, so. But yeah, I mean, so spoilers. I mean, if you want to experience this show like as it was meant to be watched, like you know, don't listen from this point on. Yeah, uh, that that that's uh, true. Spoilers, and then and then it's probably worth mentioning. I mean, they, they did some nice stuff with with season two. So if you if you're behind and and you're pausing this, you know, and you haven't seen season three or season two, like they did that nice compilation video that's that's legitimate on on YouTube, you know, on I, what is it? Is it on the Transformers official like channel, YouTube right? channel? Yeah. yeah it's like yeah. the entire so, season two in one video. So yeah. so who knows? Maybe maybe by the time you're finally listening to this, there's a season three on the official channel and you can watch the whole thing there too. So I mean they're only ten minutes an episode, so yeah. Like, yeah. Bite size, but that's that's I I think they finally got around like figured out how to pace it like for ten minutes like in this season like some yeah. of, some yeah. of the last two seasons it felt like you know stuff was either really sluggish or really like fast but I think the pace like you know improved a great deal this season although there there are still pacing problems here and there I mean but I mean I I suppose we'll get into it but um. I mean, I don't have an exact framework for this, but, like, I, I guess I'll, I'll start towards the beginning. Like, the season opens up on a four-parter uh, called uh, The Battle. I think it's The Battle for Cybertron. Yep. Uh, yeah, yep. Battle for Cybertron parts one through four, where, you know, at the end of season two, like, they were returning to Cybertron, and it, it had been already taken over by the Decepticons. So, um, you know, the Autobots and the Decepticons basically have their final battle in this four-parter. And, uh, like, I don't know, what are your, like, do you have any, like, initial thoughts about, like, the, the opening four-parter, like, immediate yeah, thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think as for, I have some questions for you specifically, and then, and then I, I have some, you know, positives and stuff as far as that, that four-parter. Uh, my positives will be that, I, I still love, and this is this is ongoing throughout most of the the season, um, so it's not anything new. But I mean, I I still love that Autobot symbol energy shield that reminds me of like the Adam West Batman shield that that Prime has. Like I love <laughs> when that comes up in like battles and stuff. I just think that's really really bitching the the whole like it's time for Team Hot Rod to roll. Like I love that. Like like don't. Don't you know? I'm, and one of these days, you guys are gonna hit me because I'm gonna be like, "It's time for Team Derek to roll out," and you guys are all <laughs> Team fucking, Derek activate. You're all gonna throw eggs and uh, and uh, and tomatoes at me, but I I, I dig that. Like I, I think that's awesome. I, I I'm also gonna say, and I guess this is getting into spoilers and stuff, but um, I'm gonna say, you know what, Tar is an acceptable environmental scenario for me on the planet Cybertron. I know I've been. Uh, <laughs> I know I've been very harsh on like there's no there's no fucking ice there's no fucking water and you know like like trees and all this other shit you know like like I I, I was I was very adamant about some of those things but but I, I I'm just gonna say I find tar very acceptable I think the 
the fight between Bludgeon and Windblade was super boss. I liked that. I thought it was a cool matchup. I enjoyed that. I I love all the mini me repugnances. Like those are those are super <laughs> bitching. Like I I think that was a great way to in, in, integrate him into the story. I, this is one of those things. Like you remember when we were talking about GoBots, and I felt like the second toy coloring of Leader One was like just for me. Like I know other people love repugnus, but. I feel like the little mini me repugnance was just for fucking me. Like, so I, 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 I think that's fucking great. I think it's adorable. I, I mean, like I, it. I, I love repugnance, yeah, but I, I, yeah. I just thought this incarnation of him was just kind of hilarious. Yeah, like, yeah, it's it's super cool. I thank you, repugnance. Yeah, thanks for kidnapping me and trying to steal all of my energon. It was our pleasures. The, the other thing that I was going to say about that is I love, like, dude, Cheetor actually, like, ba-weep-na-weep-ninny-bongs, the, the little pugs with his all-spark. Like, like you think they're all going to jump on them, like the, the Alicons or whatever, but no, he, he totally hooks them up and they're fine. So so I I dug that. I, I thought the way the whole war thing resolves, like, it reminded me a lot of the end of the Rebirth, like the whole Golden Age of Cybertron thing. Like, that was... You know, I, I thought that I don't know if it was an intentional nod to it or not, but that's kind of what it reminded me of. I was now the the two main things I wanted to ask you about was like, did it sting a little that like I mean it's weird because I didn't even think about this because I think when I watched it, I just figured like Prowl was a boss and took a bullet for Optimus Prime, but I, I kinda saw him talking to him and everything, and I figured he he was gonna be okay, but then you never see him ever again. And then that interview you linked us all to on on Bot Talk, like I think she literally says, Oh yeah, Prowl died. And I was like, Does that does that sting a little, like, as far as that goes? Um, like like what are your like... thoughts on that? I, like this season this season is actually pretty like brutal and has a pretty high body count but like i don't like th this prowl like obviously you know any kind of prowl like i'm gonna like just because he's you know my favorite character and whatever this prowl didn't have a whole lot to do in this show yeah yeah and i mean i i don't know i i think it was a good way for him to go out like i mean he didn't go out like a punk he like you, yeah. you know he took a bullet for optimus prime yeah. basically and like Maybe I I was a little sad like once I realized like he was gone because like yeah I was just like oh they're not gonna do anything more with him basically but I don't, like the way that scene plays out it's like Optimus is kind of like hold on like old friend so I was kind of like oh he yeah he should be okay right yeah, that, that, that's then, interesting because that's that's honestly how I interpreted it until until I read that interview and then I went oh oh well I guess that yeah, he never shows up again yeah. But, I don't, like it's weird like this season like i mean obviously the show is like written for a like you know a, a younger age bracket so like yeah. sometimes they have to skirt around the topic of death yeah, but, yeah like it, i mean it, this was it, a little more like obscured than you i guess you know like than was helpful i guess yeah but i mean i'm i'm okay with it just because you know like i said he didn't he didn't go out like a punk and like this prowl wasn't like a real main character i mean he was pretty like I think it was interesting, like that, like Shadow Striker was the one who killed him, and then she seemed to be all taken aback by it because, like last season, they had that one scene together where they were like yeah. palling around, like during yeah. the parlay or whatever. 
And like I, I was like I was hoping maybe that would like you know lead into something, but other than that, she doesn't really like you know have any more remorse about it for the rest of the season. But like I, I mean, I'm okay with it, I guess. But yeah, I mean, like I guess with a as with a lot of things in this show, it's like you could have done more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I I think the 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 shame of it is if if he was going to go out like that, I wish they had done more with him in season one or season two or you know when i guess i guess season two was really the only opportunity they would have had to do more with him like i think if 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 they knew that was the end point it was for him to go out in this battle for cybertron that he was one of the the heroic sacrifices i i wish they had at least given him like a spotlight episode at least one in in season two what did you, speaking of heroic sacrifices, what did you think of like Cheetor like dying at the end of this four parter? Like, and then he kind of, he kind of pulls like an alpha trion and like I, merges with Vector Sigma. I feel like because, I, I think because we got the, the, uh, you know, Team Hot Rod or the Hot Rod Bros from Variant or whatever you want to call them, like, like, and because they are all similar archetypes and because, this is a different case from Prowl because I think I think they did have Team Hot Rod centric episodes in season two, and they had Cheetor centric episodes as well. So I don't I don't know that I was I mean I mean I, I guess I will say I was not butthurt over it, and I I think and and I could be wrong, and this may be selfish, but I I feel like Bumblebee and and Cheetor needed to sort of fall by the wayside for hot rods arc to fully mature and bloom in this season. So I think that's like the price of doing business, I guess. Like I, I think, I think that was necessary. Like, I think, I think if, if they had, you know, basically if Cheetor had also been, you know, under uh, Quinnison control, mind control spoilers um, for shit, we're going to talk about in a few minutes that, that, that might've, I don't know. I I feel like th- th- I'm glad the focus was on on Hot Rod alone as opposed to, uh, you know, the I, I'm glad Team Hot Rod had their last hurrah. But but I think it's fine to leave it at that. Yeah. Well, speaking of like deaths that I wasn't too thrilled about, like Shockwave also dies mm-hmm. in this four parter, mm-hmm. and I don't like. He dies, what what happens is, like, Megatron gives him an order to, like, basically corrupt Vector Sigma. So he basically, like, shoots his own, like, spark out into Vector Sigma, and that, like, somehow corrupts it. And then, like, Cheetor has to shoot his spark into Vector Sigma to, like, purify it. But, like, I don't... It doesn't seem like a move Shockwave would do. Like, he's not a really, like, self-sacrificing-for-the-cause kind of mm. guy. Like, maybe if he, like... And it would have been a shame because, like, Soundwave is awesome in this season. But maybe it would have fit better if Soundwave was the one who, mm. you know, Megatron said. Would, if Megatron said, like, lay down your life, like, you would, out of all his lieutenants, you know, you would think that Soundwave would be the one to do it. But, like, Shockwave, like, didn't seem like the type to, uh, at least this Shockwave in particular. Like, maybe if you're thinking about, like, cartoon, like, Sunbow Shockwave, he'll do, like, of course, Mighty Megatron. But mm. this this Shockwave seemed to borrow more from, like, you know, IDW and Marvel yeah. Shockwave than any. No, I, so. I agree. It does seem it does seem out of character. Speaking of things that are out of character, my my other question for you 
was what did you think of Drift as like the double triple agent or whatever they were trying to do with him? Like like okay. what's your thoughts on good, that? Good idea, but executed poorly. Like okay. Because okay. I, if if Drift turned out to like you know it, what again I'll, I'll elaborate like Drift turns out to be basically a triple agent like and he he was he was a Decepticon he defected to the Autobots we've seen him for the last two seasons with the Autobots and in this four parter it turns out he's always been a Decepticon and like he tries to kill like Hot Rod and stuff and like that would have been a legitimately shocking moment if they hadn't like friggin like hammered you with like no subtlety like early on in that four-parter where yeah it's like yeah. hot rods like what about you like drift hey why you got red eyes all of a sudden and drifts like Haha, hot rod like oh yeah like i've got plans for you like hot rod like and you... <laughs> it's like he's twirling his non-existent virtual yeah. mustache or whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, I, I wish they didn't do that. Like, like if Drift just showed up out of nowhere and, like, they were kind of like, oh, Drift, what, did you follow us? And he was like, yeah, I did. And then, like, all of a sudden, Drift betrayed, like, that's, that's like a double subvert your expectations almost where you're like, but wait, Drift already defected. Like, he can't defect again. Like, yeah, I, I. It's it's interesting because part of me is like, oh, if if you go back to the whole Poochie era of drift, it's like it's like a big thumb in the nose to the drift concept in general, right? So like, there's there's that weird part of me that like almost appreciates that, but then I I feel like the and maybe this is me just thinking too much about you know a fun children's cartoon that I honestly have enjoyed a great deal, but the, the, the all I could think of is like, wait, so they were gonna blow up the arc, but they're their triple agent was on the arc and they were going to blow it up. Like, I don't, then what per, like, I don't know that that just, it doesn't make sense that he was a triple agent the whole time. Like there, there were many instances in which he was going to get killed. And I, I just feel like that doesn't, I mean, what good is your triple agent if you blow him up? Like that doesn't, that doesn't track. It doesn't make sense. Maybe Drift was like one of those like fanatically loyal like Decepticon. Maybe it would have been better if Drift was the one who tried maybe, to yeah, like, maybe, corrupt the yeah, Vector maybe, Sigma or maybe, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, like I said, I'd, like a good concept. I just wish they hadn't like you know ruined the like you know the turn or whatever like yeah, early yeah, on. Yeah. Like, and like that, you know, anyone familiar with like more than meets the eye, it's like, you know, Rodimus and Drift are like bros. So it's like yeah, they basically yeah. like they end like, you know, they, they fight in that tar pit and like drag like Drift drags Hot Rod to the bottom of the tar pit. And you think Hot Rod's dead like at that point. basically. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, like I said, this 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 season is a lot darker like you know conceptually than like the last couple seasons. Oh, so, yeah. yeah brutal sure. stuff in this, but. One last thing before we move on. Um, I there's after this four parter, there's like a time jump to like get to the next arc or whatever. But like this four parter ends with Megatron like being like dragged away by a bunch of like scraplets and stuff. But like in the next like arc, he's fine. Like or like relatively fine. He's he's in one piece. So like I I don't know. That was like I was kind of like oh that's kind of weird. But did, did that occur to you or just? I don't, I mean, it did, but I figured because of the time jump that they might explain it, but it just seems like it's one of those things where you're just supposed to accept that somehow he he either got out of that or that it wasn't, 
you know, it wasn't fatal. It was just kind of like a thing, you know? It was just a thing. Yeah. Okay. I guess so. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So like the four parter ends with, you know, the Autobots defeating the Decepticons and like, you know, Cybertron is like back in their hands. And like, then like from episodes five through 17 is what we like call the Quintazon arc basically. And, like, this is, like, the bulk of the season. This is... I, I feel like this is... Even though, like, you know, the, the show's been rebranded, whatever, Bumblebee, you know, fucking fuck adventures or whatever. But, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like, all the early press for season three, it seemed to really heavily focus on the Quintazons. Like, the Quintazons yeah. were going to be the big bads of this season, and they kind of are. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, they, they have the most time de- dedicated to them, and I think this is the best, like, you know, story arc of the season. I agree. I think this is the best story arc of the season. This is this is almost the highlight, the pinnacle of the whole entire thing. Like, this was this was so much fun. Yeah, and like we, like we mentioned, basically Hot Rod is the protagonist of this arc, and it's it's Hot it's, Rod's fuckity fuck adventures. Mike. It's Hot Rod fuckity fuck adventures. Yep. Now what's what's odd? Like you were talking about, like you know, we're we're talking about how the show was rebranded and stuff. This is almost like like some aborted, canceled plan that went through like anyway. Like almost like you you'd you'd almost think like they'd like make Bumblebee the main character, but then they were like, uh, you know, in the initial phases it was gonna be Hot Rod who was like the last one like uh, standing or whatever. But you know, then we had to change it to Bumblebee because of, you know, marketing and selling toys. But like they didn't do that. It's like, you know, Hot Rod is the main character of this arc. Would- and- what, that's that's an interesting like would you like i i almost feel like i wouldn't because i'm such a hot rod dude but like would would you have still enjoyed this as much if it was bumblebee in the hot rod role Whoa! look he's in this episode i'm glad it's back i love this show probably not like i mean i i, I think bumblebee's okay but like Hot Rod's like so cool, like in this. Season. Yeah, yeah, he's super awesome. Wait, wait. Okay, I, I have something to say to you, but you have to set it up because you you have to tell people what you thought this reminded you of because because like you said, there's a time skip, right? So it, explain sort of just set it up, like explain what happens, and then explain the the Marvel graphic novel that you compared it to and who you compared Hot Rod to. Okay, so episode five just opens like it's like a cold open, like no, no, no transition from the episode four with the Autobots having won and defeated the Decepticons. Episode five opens with the planet taken over by the Quintessons and Hot Rod and uh, Clobber are the only two like uh, Transformers left like running free. And, like, everyone else is stuck in this, like, simulation. Like, it's kind of like the Matrix or whatever. Yeah. And, like, like I compared it to, like, the Marvel graphic novel Emperor Doom, where Wonder Man wakes up, like, after a month in stasis. And, like, when he wakes up, like, the world is completely changed. Doctor Doom is Emperor of the World. And he's, like, the one, like, sane man in, like, this, you know, insane new reality or whatever. And I thought that was kind of like what Hot Rod was. Like he was the Wonder Man role, basically. Oh yeah, and 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 I totally see that, and that's that's totally on point and everything. Like the, I guess the, to to pull it back a little bit, it's like it's like one of those 
those age old stories, right? Like, like technically, like I, I feel like this is the oldest I can get with it. But to me, I'm like thinking it's like hot rod rip Van Winkle basically, right? Like he, he fell asleep. He grew a beard under a tar pit. And when he came back out, you know, it was, it was emperor Quinison or emperor doom or whatever. The, the other aspect to this, and you, you already mentioned it a little bit with the matrix. Like one, I feel like the matrix, like that these, these, Transformers, the Cybertronians, the Quintessons have stuck them in the Matrix, one thing, right? Like, they're all plugged in, right? And so, finally, the Matrix is paying back for stealing the Matrix name, and now we have to call all these things <laughs> all spark and all this other horse shit in the, the films, right? So, one, the Matrix is finally uh, paying its due back, right? But the other thing that this reminded me of, and I couldn't quite put my finger on it when, because you said Emperor Doom and Wonder Man, and and your explanation of that was so compelling, it it made me like, it made me forget what I was originally thinking when I watched it, and I had to remember what it was. But what this really reminds me of is Days of Future Past, like with Hot Rod in the. And not the Wolverine role in the, you know, the the two-parter in Uncanny X-Men where he gets blown away by the Sentinels, but, like, almost like the the film franchise version where it's like, dude, like, it's not Kitty Pride that's the main character, you know, like, in the comics. It's Wolverine, and it's almost like, <laughs> like, like Hot Rod's getting to finally be, like... The dude who you know takes out the Hellfire Club and 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 you know kind of you know takes Clobber under his wing and everything. It's almost like Clobber is you know Jubilee or Kitty Pride or some shit, and 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 he's basically in this like you know dystopian Cybertronian future because he you know, essentially falls asleep or whatever you want to call it in the tar pit. And it's not, it's not like a wonder man, like wonder man fell asleep for like a month and came out of it. To me, I, I was thinking of it as like, Oh, like a bunch of, you know, millions of years or, you know, whatever it is. I, they don't say that. Like it's probably, you know, a month or something like you're right. But I took it as like, you know, this is one of those like super duper time skips where it's this crazy dystopian thing where everything is topsy turvy and, and kind of all, out of out of sync and and it, and then the, the the matrix thing that they call the loop like that's that's a great little tool like because you're like it's almost like every single cybertronian is stuck in a black mercy but the black mercy is this parade that never ends you know it's this that and and the thing i found so interesting about that was like no one in that entire society had a dream where both where all Cybertronians attended the parade at once, like maybe because the Quintessons knew that couldn't actually happen. But I, I was just surprised because the both parades are very individualistic. It's like Optimus Prime is the Grand Marshal in one parade, Megatron is the Grand Marshal in the other parade. You know, Clobber has to go in to 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 knock out Decepticons, and and the goal, I guess, in this loop is it only lasts for so long, and they they're desperate to get someone probably their leader is is the first approach at least they're desperate to get them to transform because if they transform then the little you know cerebro matrix head noggin thing that they're plugged into will detach and then that that you know that's essentially how hot rod freed clobber in the first place so it's like they have to repeat that process on other cybertronians 
and and the other thing is it's this great sort of you know it's it's uh circumstances make strange bedfellows things you know the decepticons and autobots have to work together against a really cool third party threatening menace which are the quintessons and we've joked about this before but yes the voice actor for hot rod likes to call them quintessin and 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 he calls perceptor perceptor you know shit yeah. like that where it's like you you have to get over that and i forgive it because it's hot rod and i think it's like super boss and super cool like you know and you you feel bad like like he, he goes through like you know it's 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 like kind of like this this intense 10 minute groundhog day where they 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 try to go through all the same steps and and get to optimus and it just keeps failing and failing and and it's funny like throughout all that his his success is he he snaps Whirl out of it, or they 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 free Dead End, who I I took as I don't know. It's weird since Dead End wasn't associated with any of the Stunicons. I almost thought like that could have been Knockout, or that there was some kind of I I kind of conflated like the the from Transformers Prime like that version of Knockout. Like almost there were some traits that perhaps were shared, I guess, or whatever. But a- anyway, that so they 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 slowly kind of have this ragtag group of of characters and everything but i did find it fascinating that that none of those characters had the dream that when peace came like like basically it was it was only it was either a parade with all decepticons or a parade with all autobots and there wasn't any sort of middle ground to that like nobody nobody secretly dreamed of the day where where they would both be, uh, where it would just be Cybertronians having a parade and they'd all live in peace. Like that was, it seemed like that was, was never an option. But I, I love the way in the sleeper episode where like, you know, Hot Rod tries to halt the parade where he like throws that one thing and, and, and shoots the fire out of his, uh, uh, you know, arm cannons and tries to explode it to get everybody's attention. And he, he cripples the, the, the little, um, parade float that optimus is sitting on and all that other stuff you know like i i just thought all that was like super duper cool and and then i guess you go into you know you you find out there are other um free agents in this in this dystopian type future where the quintessons control everything like you've got you've got perceptor you've got mcadam they release world they release dead end and then at some point even though there's some problems with it because they didn't quite release them the right way. You, you get like sound wave released. And then this is, this is that moment where I, I think, you know, you talk about Mike's rival fusion, man, you know what you need to do? You, what that, that shot of, of sound wave and hot rod doing the fist bump at the end of the scientist, like that needs to go into the TF wiki with the caption, like, <laughs> Rival Fusion, boss. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> it's like ultimate Rival Fusion, like, right there. Because it's like, that is, that is you know, and it, and it's great because, That's... you know, a lot of people think of, of Soundwave as Megatron's right-hand man. And, like, I, I feel like that's giving Hot Rod the proper respect in this, where it's like he is optimus prime's right hand man in this too you know so it's like there there's some some really and that's 
Good thing. Like the, the 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 hot rod and sound wave like alliance that's so earned. Like they, mm. they spend like a few episodes like like clash butting heads, like clashing like Soundwave tries to have Clobber kill Hot Rod at one yeah. point. Yeah. Which I, I loved that scene because Clobber's like so like sweet and like been Hot Rod's friend and stuff, and she's like crying when she's trying to like bash his head in and she's like, This hurts me more than it hurts you. Yeah. And Hot Rod's <laughs> like, No, it definitely no. hurts me. Like no. No, not really. Did you like? I'm, I'm surprised there's not uh, a bunch of animal rights activists uh, screaming for Soundwave's head. But the, like, I, I was like, like that that moment with the flock of laser beaks. Like, I guess that had never occurred to me. But like, the fact that he he captured his own laser beak, basically, like that's such a I I, I don't know. That's to, I don't know why, but that's so obvious. But like. I never would have thought of it in a million years. Like, I, I don't know. What did you, what did like you think Cybertron of that? Cybertron wildlife. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like they, they have like skull cruncher too. And he's just yeah. a big, like alligator, like, you know, beast or whatever. So like, I guess there's just Cybertronian wildlife. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I, I know, I know it's sometimes it's hard to articulate, but like the, the Quinnison menace, I mean, they, they all look like it's very matrix inspired with the, the, the kind of uh, almost Doc Ock like arms, but they have kind of like the red like eyes and 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 lights from the 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 tentacles and all the stuff that that generates. And then it also to me it, it, to me it, it has an element of Kaluan technology, you know, like Brainiac, like that kind of you know the the Brainiac ship with the tendrils and all that kind of stuff. Like so, it's all like really cool, you know, whatever you can think of, like Matrix. Um, the the hunter prey machines from Terminator like it's got all that you know it, it's got that um, unconscious vibe that that permeates throughout the course of of this this arc and that's why it just makes it really fun and interesting and and the other thing uh, the 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 shark decons like like it's like we went from like the sort of I don't know the the West Side Story Sharktacons that were a little goofy, but like these are Sharktacons that that work for the Quintessons, presumably from another dimension. Like so that they're they're also slightly more you know mirror universe Sharktacons. They don't they're not Surf Bros or West Side Story gang members or whatever. They don't all have graffiti and 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 weird colors and all that kind of stuff for like the different gang groups and stuff. Like these are you know very monochromatic and like they're they're essentially like bailiffs you know and they 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 are they're, they're like police officer shark decons they're like or 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 military you know like they're they're very sort of it, it also fits with the same dystopian tone and everything and I, I i i like the way that they look you know because it's something that conceivably was a little cutesy but but also was a, they were easily able to amalgamate it into the tone of this season as well and it doesn't feel like you know i don't, I don't know it, do, it doesn't feel like they're still cutesy it feels like they they still match the the tone that's intended for this season we mentioned uh like you know this season introduces a bunch of new characters and like we mentioned like whirl is one of the people hot rod manages to free and like it kind of tickles me that like I I don't think Whirl would be in this series if not for like more than meets the eye like 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 he he his design basically looks like that like version of Whirl and I mean he he doesn't have a huge role he's kind of and he's not like 
his more than meets the eye self where he's like a psychopath. He's just kind of like, like, I don't know, like kind of a goofball. Like he's kind of hapless and like, like he's got a tick where he like kind of transforms when he's nervous. But the thing that like really like, you know, kind of tickled me about him was like, I've always said, like, if, if you were voice casting, like the, the cast of like the, the more than meets the eye comic, I always said that Nolan North should mm. do a voice whirl, like doing his like Deadpool yeah. like voice. I may have just doomed the universe. Oopsie. And like that, this whirl in Cyberverse kind of sounds like that. Like it, it's obviously not Nolan North, but that's kind of what the voice actor seems to be like almost channeling is like a sort of like, you know, lighthearted, but like not all there kind of guy. Yeah. And yeah, I see what you mean about Dead End too. Like, like an Dead End, both Dead End and Whirl are like favorite characters of mine. So I was just like glad to see both of them like having like even a minor role. Yeah, I, I just feel like at least my standard interpretation of Dead End, it, you know, it, it's much more emo and gloom and doom. And I, I think for the purposes of this, he, he still had that aspect to him. But I think I think they wanted to to be able to play with him just a little bit more, you know? So, so I think he also had a little bit more snark and, and, and was not as emo as he could have been, if that makes sense. And that's not a criticism per se. I, it's just an understanding of, of what they wanted to do to facilitate story points. So I also really liked the character of the Quintesson scientist, like mm. with the weird, with the weird face, like weird personality. Like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. He, he was just super fun. I liked when um, Hot Rod had been captured by the the Quintesson, the Quintessens, and like you know they were interrogating him, and he's kind of like he's kind of like screwing with them, and he's like, so then I said to Bumblebee, like, like <laughs> no, if you paint yourself red, you'll look like Cliff Jumper, <laughs> like. <laughs> It's 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 almost like it's it's sort of channeling the whole you know I have nothing but contempt for this court like he doesn't he he, he doesn't take them seriously right the oh. the scientist like I, I that there's that weird kind of meta thing because you know obviously we're all collectors if we're into transformers and that whole aspect of the scientist you know even even hot rods like why would he collect sound waves and not hot rods like what's up with that you know like but but there's that weird aspect where he's giddy to get a get a sound wave for himself in in every universe and he's like "Ooh, i haven't gotten a blue one before you know like so there's there's something uh the dystopian environment and the the faceless kind of hunter killer terminator you know matrix tentacle ships like that that can only get you so far for so long and i think they definitely needed to put a face on the quintessons at some point and i think they, they you talked about pace and i think i think the reason why this works so well is they they had that environment for a long time you got to live in it you know but I, I think at some point, you know, the reason why something like The Walking Dead probably becomes tiresome for certain people is like, all right, fine, we got, we got it. There's zombies. People got to stay away. But there's no like leader zombie or face of the zombies or whatever, and that's why they have to bring in like uh, whatever the the sleeper or whatever the fuck they're called and Negan and all these other, you know, they have to bring in like other the governor or whatever. They they have to bring in like big bads because it can't just be 
it can't just be hunter killer drones the whole time. Like you, you need to have somebody that's the board queen, I guess, to, to, to help facilitate the story. And, and the scientist again, you know, is one of those characters that, that helps facilitate that face, you know? And another thing that's great about the scientist is if you destroy him, like he just, another body just Just, just comes on down. Yeah. So like they keep blowing him up and he just keeps coming back. And it's like, yeah, that, that was a pretty funny scene let's what do you think of uh like we talked about the first four-parter what do you think of the the second four-parter the end of the universe which concludes like the quintesson arc and what like what what the big reveal of the the new like quintesson judge is i don't know how i felt about that i mean i guess that was a twist right like and they they show you you know what what starscream's ultimate fate was i mean it 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 makes some sense like i guess because you know starscream is opportunistic he he obviously you know would sell out his own people to get a seat at the table which is essentially what happens i i do still feel like i tend to think of things in terms of myself though like like you know we, we remember we were talking about techno and techno doesn't care if he has a metal body but like i'm sitting there going dude that means i can't make whoopee with with the ladies if i have a metal body you know like i feel bad for cyborg because you know he can't do that and and i feel like the same thing applies in a weird sense because i so I so personify these robotic characters, you know, I, I think of them as having very human qualities. Like, I, I'm almost like, dude, bro, why would you give up a body in a jet transformation mode to be a to be a judge with just a face and these little tentacles? Like, what's up with that? Like, why, you know, you can't just be a special lieutenant that keeps your body? Like, like I don't know, like, there, there's that weird aspect to me where I'm like, you, you went from being... You went from being like some boss-looking dude, like Crossbones, to being Modok or something. <laughs> Modok, I was going to say that. Or, too, or yeah. Hector Hammond or somebody. And I was just like, dude, they, you know, I, it's like I, I guess the the visual is fine for the Quintessons as it is, but and I guess it is a nice twist and it's a shock. You don't ex- necessarily expect to see him as an additional judge face on on the the Quintesson judge, but there is that there is that fatigue no matter how they you know no matter how they serve the meal it's still it's still that meal you had before where starscream is starscream gets ultimate power power so, yeah and, and 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 he's controlling titans and 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 making them fight and you know so you've got starscream controlling the one titan and then the, i guess the one thing we haven't mentioned is there the, the reason why these uh, hunter drone quintesson agents have not been able to completely capture the the ragtag team that eventually free all the other cybertronians and start this final battle you know it, it's because the the titans use cloaking technology and shield them from from quintesson detection and all this other stuff and you know i mean that's that's all well and good and interesting i i think the the is it is it weird to me like the the I feel like this show explored Titans way more than like Titans War like am am I just oversimplifying it or like I I just feel like you know they went into Dude, Mc, like... McAdam the backstory and the wars and and how they 
they city uh, titans like live to have well, dude, citizens. Like I, I like I said, I feel like this series, especially this Quintazon arc, like kind of like dunked on Machidama like over and over again. Where it's like, okay, not only did they have yeah better you know a better fight between titans and better exploration of that, like they had a giant head star scream and it was an actual effective threat. Like and you were. <laughs> So I was like, I was like, man, I wonder if that's like purposeful because like the, the similarities are kind of layering to me. I'm like, man, they just they they did the the same thing as those cartoons, but they did it in such a better way. Like, well, yeah, and and you you have the aspect of, I mean, Windblade still fulfills her role as a city speaker, and but it's again, like you said, it's it's not like the the Machidima stuff, you know. Like, there's 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 cool characters that we get to see that I feel like weren't spotlighted before this, like Cup, you know? Like, so there's, I, I mean, I guess to answer the question, like, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I think this is a good a good climax to something that, you know, an arc that I was I was extremely uh, invigorated in and, and, and found, I, w- I was enthusiastically watching all the episodes as they were released. Man, so, like, yeah. like, I said it, but man, that fight between, like, Iaconis and Croaton was, like, mm-hmm. awesome. Like, yeah. I thought that was, like, one of the best, like, you know, it could go down as one of the best, like, fights in any animated, like, Transformers series. You know, you have two friggin titans fighting like on cybertron and it felt like it had all the weight that like the machidama like stuff lacked and like you know it it just was super awesome i also like that sort of second in command bros moment that soundwave and hot rod have where he's like commander's command you know like even though they're they're itching to join the fight like they they have to sit there and hold the line and sort of you know, make sure that that all parts of the plan are followed. But then eventually, when like the shit really hits the fan and it's coming down to the line, it's like they both kind of look at each other. It's like, all right, now it's time to start kicking ass. Like now we have to go out and start fighting ourselves too. So like I I, I think yeah I I I did enjoy the the Titan fight. I I enjoyed the the way that. The tenuous alliance became something that was vital and essential, and it all—I mean, it all paid off really well. Like this was this was something. I mean, you know, there may be some execution faux pas here and there with certain characters or certain things, but I mean, I think the overall concept of this arc and and the way it was executed and the way you know the the pacing in this, I think, was was all extremely well done, and and I had a. I had a really, really good time watching it. Like, it's so funny that like a dystopian, the 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 planet is overrun type storyline. Like, it's funny to me to say I was sad to see that go because I was enjoying it so much. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean, but I mean, and at at a certain point, like Megatron go like leaves this reality, like he goes into a different reality, and then like he shows up in the final part like having like explored a bunch of other like universes or whatever he shows up in astro train with like new new like he's all scarred up and like he's got one optic now and he's got a double fusion cannon and he's got he's got a matrix of his own and like even optimus is like you have a matrix like this can't be like and stuff and <laughs> he like, got a super duper fan or a power up when yeah, he went to so, another universe 
Yeah, so that and they 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 kind of combine their matrix power to like vaporize Starscream, and that's how like the Quintesson invasion ends. And like you know, like I yeah, I thought that was a suitably like epic conclusion. And yeah, like you know, after the Titan battle, like you no, know, like like I said, like this this season's really like you know more brutal than usual. Like I didn't you know with all the skirting around like death and stuff they do like i was surprised to see like starscream basically like decapitate iaconis mm-hmm. like starscream kind of summons a blob of unspace or whatever and like teleports like the titan's head off so i think okay. i think maybe maybe our uh, absent fan hole justin may or may not appreciate this but i i felt like the the moments with cup where they use him as the framework for some of these stories like it, they they evoke to me a sense of like George C. Scott in the film Patton. Oh yeah, because he's you know, in front of a giant Autobot symbol. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I mean, I mean, I, I I imagine that was completely intentional, but I mean, it's something that might go over you know kids' heads or something like that. But I mean, I I saw it, and it, and it, to me, it was I, I you know I got it. It made sense, and I I thought it was a cool a cool visual imagery that that matched something that you know possibly somebody is uh, innately familiar with whether they realize it or not you know it would be like a subconscious thing maybe to some people they don't quite realize what they're seeing but you know i i think i recognized it and i thought it was a cool uh visual i was sad to see mac adam go too like he kind of like he has a vision of his own death and then he has to like you know fulfill that destiny or whatever where he's like this is like i'm not going to like survive this battle but and then like he kind of shoves hot rod out of the way and he's like goodbye (laughs) you know pretty much like i mean dude i thought you could see the future just like sidestep it but whatever we never did see what he transforms into we did not that they they do another like off screen thing where he's like you know a bunch of Sharktacons rush him and he's like well I guess I'm gonna have to deal with you and you get like the big shadow of whatever his alt mode is and then he like transforms back and all the Sharktacons have been destroyed but yeah like I I would say like this is definitely like you know the the end of the universe four parter and the Quintesson arc in general was the high point of this season you one one might say and and this is not. I think you and I may or may not disagree about this, but one thing that we'll probably agree on is th- this is where the season peaked. Like this was the yeah the 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 highlight of it. Yeah, and I mean, like saying that, and like maybe moving on a little, like episodes eighteen through twenty six, like the rest of the season. I mean, they're not bad. They're just well. not like like we enter after this. We basically enter a string of like sell new toys episodes like yeah yeah i mean i mean they 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 have what i i alluded to earlier where you've got the the autobots and decepticons and they're you know they're living on one side of the planet or the other you know it's very you know iron curtain uh berlin wall type thing going on and then yeah like you said they're they're selling toys like thunder howl and wild wheel and you know you've got um I mean, to me, there were some cool moments. I don't know if they're, they're necessarily selling these with Hasbro, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe the I, I, don't, I don't know any little kid's going to see this and go out and buy the 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 four hundred fifty dollar Flames toys. Um, what's his nuts? Um, Tarn. But it was cool to see a, a shit ton of Tarns be the 
the quote unquote ultimate Decepticon, you know, like that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, that, that was a really good like, reference. I, 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 w- I will say that the the revisitation of the 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 little pugs, you know, repugness, and then the some it's a somewhat obvious reveal, but I, I like the the journey regardless, even though I, I could smell the the conclusion a mile away in that the Valley of Repugnus episode. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that was a like a cute episode. Yeah, and I mean, and, I I don't know, like I I kind of I know th- this is probably where we diverge a little bit, but I I kind of liked um I kind of liked Wild Wheel. I mean, I I thought you would like him because of the poncho. I think uh, Wild Wheel was okay, but I kind of felt like you know he was kind of he got his toe stubbed a little. Like he, like he definitely got his toe stubbed. I mean, I I kind of feel like that was like what if. What if Ironhide somehow got his toe stubbed and became a Decepticon almost? You know, like that's kind of that's kind of how I took it, and and I guess with that it kind of interested me. I mean, it's funny because I feel like, and, and you're right about the selling toy thing because I feel like I, I saw Renaud post like the Hasbro official photos of some of these guys like before we saw the episodes, and I I remember looking at like Wild Wheel and I think. Um, I'm trying to think who was the other guy they had. Ham- um, Hammerbite. Hammerbite, maybe. And I was just like looking at these guys going, who? Who are these? Like, I, you know, I, I totally didn't recognize them. So, one, since I didn't recognize them, I was a little fascinated or at least eager to learn, like, well, who are these guys? And when they had an episode, I think that that piqued my interest a little bit because I, you know, then I was like, oh, well, at least I'll have some context for those those toy photos and know who these guys are then you've got a meteor fire yeah that... like, he's like steve Irwin, basically yeah 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 it's like him and him and cosmos go and do the croc hunter thing or whatever it is the best way to get to know any alien species is to meet their leader and look there she is what do you think cosmos is it safe to be this close this and more on another thrilling episode of Alien Hunt with Mediafire and Cosmos. The overarching theme, like there's an overarching plot in the, these episodes, and it's because like at the end of the end of the universe for a parter, like Windblade like split off all these aspects of herself. And they got like they got like scattered around Cybertron. So it's like now like here's where Bumblebee gets to go on adventures and like recover these parts of Windblade. So like they, they, these are the Bumblebee adventure episodes, but they also like we're saying like introduce a bunch of new characters along the way. I mean, I, I guess it's kind of like a good bookend, right? Because because you can argue Windblade was trying to help Bumblebee in the entire first season and help him recover his voice and his memories and all this other stuff, right? Like, yeah, so, yeah. It's, so it's so he's good. he's returning the favor, I guess. You know, yeah, like, it's a good through line, like. Yeah. Like, I kind of, like, it's funny because, like, you know, after that first season of Cyberverse and then, like, the new IDW Transformers, like, comic or whatever, now it's kind of, like, like I kind of almost do see, like, oh, Bumblebee and Windblade are best buddies, like, kind of, like, so, I mean, it does does work, but I don't know, like, I guess I didn't, I don't know, like, I guess the, the stakes were not as high as they had been, like, when, like, we, we said this, the season had peaked, so I just, because it wasn't as invested, like, in Bumblebee, like, hunting for these Windblade fragments. Mm-hmm. And then, like, 
by the end, like the the last two episodes are like the bit last like big bad of the show, which is a guy called the other one, and uh, we t- he turns out the other one is a Megatron from the universe that our Megatron came from, who like killed Optimus Prime and won the war and like gained ultimate power and stuff, and this is who our Megatron stole his Matrix from, so. He like he shows up and he's a bigger, like taller, like black colored Megatron, and like like the, the the last two episodes like deal with him and like he's got his um like like you said Derek his ideal Decepticons who all look like Tarn and like like I think that's a great concept for a bit like bad guy and like but I guess I don't know maybe they wrote themselves into a corner a little bit with it because it's like what are Megatron and Optimus gonna like team up a, a, on like this guy like just like they just did like with the Quintessons like and like they do but. I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like this is an idea that could have used a lot more like space. Yeah. I wonder if like with the, maybe they had the foreknowledge that this was it. Like, so they, they threw all the kitchen sink stuff in these last two, like, like maybe, maybe this, you know, had this not been the final season, maybe they could have done a couple more one-offs with Windblade spark and then gone into this whole, you know, other one thing. I mean, to me, like we talked about this a little bit off air, but I mean, to me, there was that, that bit of confusion to me because these, these are 10 minute episodes and, and it feels like so much happens in this episode. So it's like, if you, if you get slightly distracted where you're like, whoop, there's a phone call or whoops, I got to go feed the dog or whoops, whatever. And I felt like that's what happened with this episode for me. Cause I was, I was not, as engrossed as I was with the, I guess, you know, hot rod fuckity fuck adventures or whatever we're calling it. I guess basically when the other Megatron or Megatron X or whatever the hell they're calling them, when they finally defeat him, I I, I felt like I missed it. You know, where I was like, wait, what happened now? Like, how did they do this? Like, what did they do? And then I had to go back and watch it a few more times because I kept, you know, missing it. But it, it seems like, you know, it's like, I get it. It's like Windblade was in the matrix within that other Megatron and she's cutting down the pillars and making it all difficult for him on the inside. Kind of like, you you know what it's kind of like, but it it, it just happened so fast that I didn't get a chance to register it. It's kind of like, you know, when they send like, you know, Ant-Man or the Atom, you know, the Atom goes inside Darkseid's brain and starts like, punching his earlobe or some shit and he's like Rawr! and then green arrow like shoots the arrow and 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 they all do their thing and and it 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 screws up dark side and it was like that's essentially what happened here like windblade was like the atom you know punching earlobes and stuff like that and then you know then they 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 deliver you know the coup de gras you know because it's like then then they they shoot down the 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 other megatron or whatever but i i felt like that part of it you know i mean it's probably due more to my own fault than the show's fault but i guess i just i it, that was something where i was like I, wait what well I'm, I'm i'm willing to throw some shade on the show like i feel like this like like i said this is a great concept that isn't given room to breathe i guess yeah, because yeah. like that last episode yeah it's like megatron x basically kills our megatron like yeah. takes the matrix back him and Optimus have like a big like Matrix Kamehameha like fight or whatever. Yeah. And then like Windblade's last like shard of her essence is trapped inside like Megatron X's Matrix, 
where she encounters like the Optimus Prime of that reality who Megatron had killed. And then she has to eliminate him and all the other primes that are trapped in them in Megatron X's matrix to like beat him. So like, I mean, you've got an episode where Megatron and an alternate reality Optimus die and like, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know if it was given like proper weight maybe, but yeah, I mean, just, it, just it, for the, the, you know, the, just by means of like the show being like fast paced and it yeah, ending or yeah. whatever. I mean, but. I mean, it's like, it's like you, it takes you longer than 10 minutes to say all that to us and, and the show's only 10 minutes, right? Like it's like you know what ifs like you know if if they had dedicated like maybe another four-parter to the megatron x yeah like it would have been nice but i guess they had to sell like you know hammerbite and thunderhowl and wild maybe i mean you know it's funny it's too bad they couldn't somehow incorporate some of those newer toys i mean maybe that would have sat better with you you know like like wild wheel is again from this parallel universe where it's like he's a disgruntled Ironhide, you know like that is with you know megatron x or something and they could they could have all those additional characters be part of the four-part saga instead of just dedicating like one single 10-minute deal to to one of those characters or something I mean, ultimately, I mean, my my takeaway is overall, I I enjoyed Cyberverse as as a show. You know, I mean, there there again, you know, my 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 thing for the first season was I loved all the flashbacks and then the present day stuff. I wasn't like super keen on, you know, the second season. I thought it started rolling. I liked seeing, you know, more than just bumblebee and windblade and it worked really well for me and and this one you know essentially for the most part it's it's my dream come true you know it's like a a a nice hot rod centric story there there's there's a lot of great dystopian type stuff we've said it reminded us of of really great stories like emperor doom and days of future past and popular movie franchises like the matrix and then sort of like like we said this this denouement, I guess, you know, or denouement or whatever the fuck I'm talking about. It, the episodes are fine, um, but I agree with you that that this concept, the, the Megatron X concept, is bigger than just a, a 10 minute segment. Yeah, definitely. Like, un- unlike the Quintazon arc, like, it didn't have enough time to, like, breathe and really reach its full, like, potential, I think. And yeah. Kind of a shit. Like, it, o- it almost would, like, we were talking about, like, maybe how, like, someone had rumored that maybe this show isn't over and maybe they can do some movies or something. This would have been a good concept for a movie. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But, like I said, it, it it's not a good concept for 20 minutes, like... Because, I mean, each episode is 10 minutes and they only dedicated two episodes to this. So, I mean, and it, like, I, I hate to sound down on it, but like, like, I think we, we both agree that like the show, like the season, maybe the show itself peaked with the Quintazon invasion. Yeah, and yeah. Like, yeah no, that, so. I, I think that's fair. It, it's weird because you, you wonder, like, could they have somehow stuck some of these... You know, I I, I don't, I don't want to say ho hum, but like you know, some of these less exciting episodes in some other section. But it's like for it to work, you, you can't have it in the middle of the Battle of Cybertron and the the Quintesson thing. Like you have to immediately go into the Quintesson thing for the time skip, right? And and you couldn't 
have those one-off episodes before the Battle of Cybertron. So there, there was really no other place to put them but at the end. But since since they had already sort of run their course, it's like, you know, you can't help but view some of these as like, a, you know, it's like a post you know, Infinity War Endgame vibe, you know, you're like, okay, well, now what? Like, you can't, you can't outdo the, the Quintesson thing. It was the big thing. So then they had to go a little, a little lighter, a little more personal. And then they, they, you know, I think the other was an example of them trying to go back to another big Infinity War type event. And it just wasn't as good as the previous one. Um, I guess the only other thing I was going to ask you about, and and this is, uh, we can only speculate about this, but I mean, if if indeed what you said is true, like that there were planned movies, but maybe they were incorporated into this season, so there are not going to be any direct-to-video movies, and this is indeed sort of the the end of Transformers Cyberverse as far as U.S. cartoons go. The the only other thing that I'd like to bring up. And, and we don't really know what the future of this is, whether it'll be dubbed or, or, or fan subtitled or, or what's going to happen. But apparently with these same designs, there's going to be that that um, Chinese based Transformers cartoon. Like, so I wonder. Oh, yeah. I wonder wh- if that will, you know, get a dub or, or, or if anything like that will go down. I don't know that I even have the hope that it will be as well written as this is, you know, who knows what it would be like. I mean, it may just be, you know, it could be like that whole, you know, uh, Superman Brainiac attacks thing where they used the same character designs from Superman, the animated series on a movie, but it didn't really share any common ground other than the character design. So, so it could be a case like that, or it could be a case where, you know, even if it's not that well-written, they could, they could dub it, dub write it in such a way that it, it turns out to be kind of awesome and and ties in a little bit to this show. But that's, I mean, as far as the future goes, that's, that's my only, you know, thing is maybe, maybe there's an option to, to, to see more of these it characters. It seems like in, in Japan, at least, like Transformers is written to a much lower like age bracket than it is here. Because like I, it even says on the wiki, like the, the Japanese dub of Cyberverse is like given the same like jokey treatment that like they give to like, you know, Beast Wars and Prime and like everything else they've dubbed basically where it's like, you know, we've got to lay on the jokes and everyone's got to have a um like voice tick or whatever that they always repeat and like stuff like that so i don't know what it's like for china because i know like you know transformers are very uh, popular in china too but yeah i don't know it'll be interesting to see what with that how that goes well i mean you know ultimately i'm 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 i i want to end this on on a positive note and just say you know i'm i'm happy that that I watched this series. I think, you know, overall it's a very fun series and, and I, I will always, and will continue to recommend it to, um, you know, anyone who asks me and especially fans of transformers. Yeah. Like, a, I think since this is the, my favorite, uh, animated series since animated, like probably like, I mean, like prime was okay, but I, I guess it just wasn't really for me. And, like, I didn't really care for, like, Robots in Disguise, like, 2015. 
And then, like, we've already made our thoughts on, like, the Machidama stuff, like, right, pretty clear. Right. Like, so, but, like, no, Cyberverse is a, a show for, like, you know, everyone, I feel. Like, it, it's, you know, it, it ropes in new viewers, and it, it's got plenty of stuff for, like, you know, old war horses like us to, like, enjoy, too, so... Yeah, I'm 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 the most enthusiastic about this as I have been for an animated Transformers cartoon in a really really long time. So I yeah. I agree. Are you gonna get? Um, I know there's like that new deluxe hot rod coming out. Like, I are you are you, if, if they repaint him in like black or whatever, are you gonna get him? Uh, maybe. You, you know what's weird? Like that that because I I bought the. The, the hot rod in the standard colors and I saw some of those those black hot rods but I feel like that's not really accurate because he he has that I mean he's dark but he has the red tints and almost maroon tints to it too yeah. like like I, I I think if it was if it was screen accurate then I think the answer is yes but if it's if it's kind of like a half ass thing then I think the answer's no. I, I, like, I kind of wish they, like, I don't, now that the show's over, I don't know if they're even going to do another, yeah, like, you know, wave yeah. of figures or whatever, but it yeah, would have been I, nice I, for them to get I, more of those, like, better deluxes or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe that whole build-a-figure wave with McAdam, I think maybe that's the last thing we'll see, but but I don't know. It's been my pleasure to serve you. But yeah, I think, I mean, anything else? I think we've said basically all we've wanted to say about Cyberverse, like, season three. I mean, do yeah. you have any final thoughts? or? No, I, I think I think I summed up what my final thoughts were. And, and, yeah. Like, yeah. We, like, I think Cyberverse, like, we, we've talked about each season, and, you know, it was kind of a slow burn. Like, season one was okay. I mean, it, it got kind of... You know, for how fast-paced and, like, ADHD they write it for, it was kind of, like, the first season, at least, was kind of sluggish in places, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, But, you know, we but we enjoyed the second season, and we really enjoyed, like, the third season. So, I mean, if you haven't, if you're putting off, like, if you haven't watched any of Cyberverse, like, you give it a go. Because I, I definitely think it's, like, the best cartoon since Animated was on, so. And, I mean, like, you have to... You have to make allowances for it, like, based on, you know, this era of animation and, like, just how cartoons are made yeah, nowadays. Yeah, the, the, like, the storytelling style, yeah. Yeah, but, like, if you if you make the proper allowances for it, like, I think you'll you'll find something to enjoy. Like I said, like, the, the Quintesson arc was great. The fight between the Titans was, like, awesome, I thought. Like, it, there were tons of great character moments throughout this entire season, I mean, it, it it's a like I said, it's a pretty dark season. There's a lot of de deaths. There's a lot of you know, if like I I want I don't want to sound like you know, I'm trying to like pimp it like machinima or whatever. Like it's like it's super mature and gritty. <laughs> no, like, no, 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 no. Every everyone who dies basically it it counts. Like it it's earned and it matters for the most part. But except for like what was it hound i think they mentioned like they they forcefully unplugged hound from the loop and he died or something yeah, you know, like off yeah. off screen yeah but uh, I, hound never even showed up in the show so like he was a a, a named casualty of the loop but alas for hound we did not know him well at all no not at all we didn't even see him but yeah like so i guess that's it so yeah, Cyberverse season three is great. Watch it. Like you know, look look it up. Uh, look, look, there's ways to watch all of it right now on the internet. Like, but 
it should be trickling out like on you know official like youtube channel over the course of the next couple of months so yeah so like derek why don't you uh do our usual thing if you have any comments questions and or concerns you can email us at fanholspodcast at gmail.com if you want to check out the backlog of episodes for Transformers Tuesdays, you can find them all over on fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. We're on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, shares, retweets, hearts, and etc. that we receive. We're on all kinds of streaming services. You can stream us on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and we are on Apple podcasts so check us out thank you derek so uh this is mike uh signing off this is derek derek wc i'm gonna go sleep in some tar and you can wake me up when i'm all uh cool and black looking <laughs> and yeah. black. I'm going to look at something so hard my eyes explode. At least this perceptor uh, used the concept of a straight line appropriately. Yeah, he knew he knew what parallel lines were. Yes, yep. yes, yes. Sweet. Boss. Everything about the show is boss. Boss. Boss.